Thank you for listening to the Fearless LA podcast. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. You know, we've been talking about this family values. We're going to kick right in tonight uh, to another one of the values. I'll just look through the ones we're doing, and I just really felt like this was the one for today. And it goes something like this. Look at it on the screens to your left and right. Uh, this is how we wrote it. Love is our action. And so we, each, each of the values, all 10 values, we wrote with, with purpose. We will mold over them. We, we ask the Lord, what are some of the values that the first church had that we really can just put in our life, that we can add to who we are as believers? Because what's the point if we're just showing up and getting hyped up and we're cheering a little bit and we, we go back out with just the same people? We, we really believe that the word of God should continue to transform us. This is why it's called the good fight of faith. So, so just know everybody in this room is in a fight. You know, yeah, you know, be kind to people in, in a fight. You know, and so you know, we're all in a fight. We're all in a, a wrestle with with not just ourselves and our world, but also with God. God is wrestling with us, and in that wrestle, He is molding us. He's shaping us. He's He's training us. He's He's allowing us to test our strength on Him. My 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 son, his name is Brave Rider. And he is all of that. And he, when we left the house tonight, he was wrestling the balloons. That my daughter was for my daughter's birthday yesterday. And it will drive us crazy because it's loud. He's destructive. He, his favorite thing to do is to break things. And so um, and he just likes to break things. If you get him a toy, it's going to last about a month. And then it's going to be a part. And he's going to see how fast he can destroy that toy. Um, any, uh, any guys or girls were like that when you were growing up? I don't know. Okay, good. So I like y'all. So he's going to turn out all right. Okay, good. Um, and so he loves to wrestle. He loves to fight. He, was, he wants to wrestle me all the time. He said, Dad, can I wrestle you? I said, man, okay. Yeah. And before he's even, I've even said yes, he's already wrestling me. He's already hitting me. He's already punching me because I've taught him from a young age that he can test his strength on me. Hey, don't test it on your sister. Don't test it on your teacher. Don't test it on your mama. Test it on your daddy because your dad can handle you testing what you need to test on me. And so we'll wrestle and we'll wrestle hard. And, and I let him hit me hard. And now, you know, I'm starting to ask the Holy Spirit to guide me and protect me as he gets older. And I get older. I'm thinking this could not work out too right. I'm gonna have to have Uncle Rich step in or something like that. Um, you know, and so he tests himself on me. But as he's testing himself on me, although I'm wrestling him, I'm kind of wrestling him with one hand behind my back. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, testing my strength on him, I'm letting his test his strength on me. Because if I test my strength on him, I will destroy him. You know, I mean, not, not that I would want to do that, but it just in the, in, the, in the bigness of who I am in comparison to who he is, when I wrestle him, I have to actually almost tie one hand behind my back. I have to tell myself, don't get angry. If he punches you in the place, you understand what I'm saying? Don't lose it because he will go for that. If he pulls your hair, because I got this long hair now, and he knows that, don't lose it. Keep cool. I'm constantly preaching to myself back there. And All right. And half of the wrestling match, I'm trying to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Like, I'm wrestling. I'm letting him full on hit me. But while he's trying to hurt me as much as he can, I'm trying to make sure he doesn't hit the coffee table, knock something over, hurt his sister. And then Lyric's getting in there. She's like, oh, dad, are you okay? I'm like, Lyric, get out of here. You're about to get hit. Now I got another person I'm trying to make sure. 
And this is God. This is the journey as a believer. God says, test your strength on me. You can come to me. You can work it out with me. You, you can be in the middle of your journey. That's okay. I want, you, I want you to practice on me. I want you to ask me questions. Come and reason with me. Come and, come and tell me all your fears. Come and tell me. And God's like, I, I would just give you all the answers, but I'm wrestling you with one hand behind my back. And half the time, God's trying to protect you so you don't get hurt. He's giving you just enough so you'll still have fun. But he's trying to protect you so you don't get hurt. And I really believe these values are God wrestling with us. These, these are the core things. These, these are dads saying, look... You know, we, we've talked through a different, couple different ones. Worship is our weapon. You know, what is this singing all about? Is it just Christian karaoke? You know, I heard another band do that. I know another church does that song. Is this just a time because the preacher's not ready yet? No, worship is a weapon. When you come in here, we're, when we lift our hands, when we feel God moving on us, it gives us fire. It gives us passion. It gives us fuel to continue in the fight. It, it kicks the devil out. It gets fear out. It gets anxiety out. We talked about people are a passion. These, these are different things that as we're wrestling with dad, no matter where you're at in your faith journey, continue the wrestle. Continue to allow yourself to test these things out in your life and continue to grow. Never stop growing. Never go, man, I got love down. No, you know what? I'm all ears. I'm leaning in tonight. Love's an action? Okay. I thought love was emotion. I thought love was a feeling. Well, well it, can, it, can, it can give you feelings, but love at its root is a choice. Remember when people get married, do you promise to love me? It doesn't say, do you promise to always feel like you love me? No, the promise is to what? Love me. The promise is beyond feeling, beyond, beyond sickness, beyond health. In, in for if, if we're rich, you know, you know, people get divorced rich all the time. If we're poor, no matter which end of the special, I choose to love you. I say yes to love you. See, love is not a feeling. If it was a feeling alone, we could have good excuse to stop doing it because our feelings often say stop collaborate and listen you better not continue on this mission because this person is unlovable this person is unsafe this person is difficult this person is hard but tonight we're just going to reset ourselves no matter what the world tells us love is we're going to look to God's word and we're going to say in God's word we see that love is an action it's something we do it's not something that's just done to us it's something that we make happen it's something that we're a part of. It, 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 you can see it. You can smell it. You can feel it when someone is loving. And we're going to say, if we're going to be believers, man, we're going to make love an action. And it's gonna, I'm going to choose to take that action. Every day I'm going to wake up and choose to turn my love on. Choose to, come on, every day you wake up and you choose to turn your lights on or open your windows for the sun to come in. What if we just say, every day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to roll up the windows of love. I'm turn on the lights of love in my life. I don't care how dark it got, how you slept through that night. You made it through that difficult situation. But today, again, I'm choosing. You can't choose for me. You're not going to manipulate my choice. You're not going to be mean enough, angry enough, offended enough, hurt enough, backbiting enough to, to take away the power. Look, I'm not giving you that power. That's my power to choose. I'm going to love you beyond how I feel. Because if we just love in our feelings, 
then, then we're not going to look anything like Jesus because Jesus didn't love us because we were reciprocating love. In fact, the Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still spitting in our face, in his face and saying, you don't, you don't exist. You're not real. You don't love me. In that moment, Jesus said, I'm dying for you. Why? Because love is not a feeling. It's a choice. And if we're going to look like Jesus, we got to start making choices like that. Who in your life is sinning against you that you have to make the choice today to start dying for? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But, but, well, but what? Love is our action. Come on, let's put some action to our love. I, I love this in First uh, John. First John uh, three eighteen. it says this, little children, I <laughs> love that God calls us little children, little ones, the child. How cute is Yoda? How cute is Yoda? I don't know how it fits in the sermon, but, and, and people say it's not Yoda. I don't know if it's Yoda, it's the child. Okay, little children. <laughs> how, did I, how did I get Yoda from little children? I don't know, I have ADD, forgive me. Little children, let us not love so here's how, how God says, don't love like this. Let us not love in word or in talk. So, so I love you. The kingdom of heaven, he says, let's not start there. Let's not start with word or speech. Let's start somewhere else. Let's do it in deed and in truth. So here's, here's how the kingdom works in love. In, in the earthly realms, we say it and then we try to show it. But in the kingdom, God says, no, let's not start there. Let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. And if you've been alive and breathing long enough, you've been a part of the church, you know that the church has talked about it a lot, but we've failed to show it. We've utterly failed. I mean, the generations that came before us, they really professed love, but a lot of times they didn't possess love. Right? Right? People, you know, as long as you look like us, sound like us, dress like us, then you can fit in the Mouseketeers. But as soon as you, you don't, then we're going to judge you. As soon as you don't, we're going to hate on you. And so, so I'm preaching to the choir because if you're a millennial or you're a young adult or you're young at heart, you understand that this is a passion we have. If, if we're going to talk about it, we're going to be about it. And we're going we're gonna to be people on mission. We're going to be people that, that choose to love. You don't even have to be a Christian for, for you to get passionate about this. I, I've seen people in the world that are like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my love. That's what love is. And so as millennials, we're passionate about that. We're, we're passionate about showing our love. That's why this church registers with a lot of you, because we say, you know, before we tell people about why they're loved, we're going to love them. We're going to love them before we tell them about Jesus, before we try to tell them about our church, before we try to give them a flyer. How many of you guys know that doesn't work? Here's a flyer. Come to my church. Doesn't work. People want you to meet their physical need before you can meet their spiritual need. Or maybe they want you to meet their spiritual need. I don't know. There's been people I've got to pray for all over the city before they want to come to my church. Because the most church doesn't sound very fun. Just this is to let you know. This is not the first place people go. This is the last place people go. Usually if you end up here, life has hit you so hard, you're like, what else am I going to do? I mean, I don't know what to do. I've been to every nightclub. I've been to every psychic. I've been everywhere. And here I am. I'm in church. I couldn't believe that I'm in church. Most people that come here are like, wow, I've, I've tried everything, but I haven't tried this. 
And then they show up here and God changes their whole life. He revolutionizes everything. They, they realize, wow, I didn't know this whole time. God loved me this much. And so we're passionate about, we want to show love indeed. But I think what we fail to catch, and I think what the next generation is probably going to hold on to if we don't, and they're going to be like, man, my parents, man, my uncle, man, the millennials that came, uh, man, they were great at deed, but they missed the truth. Because wow. yeah. we're okay as long as we don't offend you. As long as, long as, as, long as you don't want to hear it how it really is. And so we, we, we wrap everything in fluff and we try to make sure we don't hurt anyone's feelings and we make sure we're politically correct in every way so that we don't rub you the wrong way because everybody's right. And how could everybody be right? And everybody says, well, I don't think God would do that. Where you're like, well, you don't think or you read it in the Bible. Like, I don't feel like God would be like, well, show, just show me. Because as long as you show me, I'm cool. But if you can't show me, well, I can't Google it and show you fast enough. Well, that's the problem. We're getting all our answers from Google. we we got to get our answers from Holy Spirit. And it's not about how you feel about God. It's about what God says and the context of who God is. And the problem that messes us up is we get the YouTube preacher that makes that answers our question the way we want him to answer our question. And then if we do that enough, what you've done is you've entertained your itching ears and you've missed the gospel because, and you've missed love because love is not just deed. It's also truth. If you take truth out of love, you have hate. And so we got to be in deed and in truth. You cannot be okay with people getting hurt because you failed to say, no, that's not the right way. Because you were not bold enough, fearless church, to stand up for what is truth from the word. And this is why we gotta know the word. We gotta understand the word. We gotta, we gotta study the word to show thyself approved, a workman who needeth not to be ashamed. That's what the Bible says. You don't have to be ashamed when you know what you're talking about. You don't have to be ashamed when you know what the word says. When, when you're not guessing, when you're not misquoting scriptures, you're saying, no, I read that, but I read 13 other verses, and here's what God says. You can tell me who you think God is. We can worship the God who is in your mind, or we can worship the God of the Bible. And I see the God of the Bible. He's a God of love. I see the God of the Bible. He's also a God of justice. If my son went to go touch the hot fire and I was just like, oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want to, you know, kind of take away his fun. I would be an idiot dad. Because if I know what is right to do and I don't have the ability to speak up, then what kind of father am I? God wants to give you real love and real love is not absent of truth. If someone's going the wrong way, help them. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Look, can I say this also? Instagram counts. Right? You see someone and they're throwing their life away and you're like, oh, I'm just going to like their picture. Really? You're going to agree with that? The Lord is good. And then the G-string. His mercy endures forever. I'm just being real. And you're like, oh, I'm going to like the picture. I don't want them to think I don't like it. Well, no, I want them to think I don't like it. 
I want to think I just totally passed that one. I don't want to deal with that one. Well, I'm just trying to be loving. No, you're not. You love yourself more. You love your comfort. That's not loving. Love cannot be absent of truth. Now, you don't have to go on their Instagram and be a troll and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're doing nude pics on Instagram. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're saying that on Instagram. Oh, my God. No, love also covers a multitude of sin. Look, how do we help people with truth? You have, you have to you have to have that position in people's lives. Look, you have to begin to steward that when when you're in people's lives, use that to help people. If you're not helping people, you're hurting people. Okay, so so let's let's be people that have love in our action. Now now look, you don't you don't have to be. Look, the Bible says, stop trying to move, remove the the speck out of your brother's eye. Get the log out of your eye. Okay. But it doesn't say to end there. <laughs> okay, I'm just not going to say anything because he's got a speck and I got a log. No, no. Get the log out first. <laughs> this is the job. Get the log out first, then go remove the speck. Why does it say that? Because if you try to remove a speck with a log in your eye, you're going to mess up their eye. God's <laughs> like, you're a bad surgeon. You're just walking around like this and you're like, let me get it out. You're like, no, not you. You got a giant log in your eye. You are not a good surgeon. Get the log out, then return to the operation field. Look, many of us are like, okay, well, I just got a log. I guess I'll just never deal with anyone or help anyone. I'll just, well, I got anger, so they're just going to remind me of that. So no, no, get anger out of your life so that you can be the person you're called to be, so that you can help others. The key is not to get to heaven with logs in our eyes. I'll finally get rid of my logs there. No, get rid of them here so you can get vision of what God's called you to so you can help others so that you can love others. Amen? Look at this. All right, 1 Peter 4, 8. You're way off, Josh. <laughs> Not even in the same solar sphere. I don't even know. Bible sphere. 1 Peter 4, 8, ESV version says, Above all things, keep loving one another earnestly. You have to be earnest at this. You know where you use earnest is like, Earnest with your schoolwork. You know, something that you have to be studious. Something you have to focus in on. Something that's a grind. You're going to have to, look, if you're going to keep loving each other, it's going to be a grind sometimes. I hate to tell you that. I hate to burst your bubble. It's not always going to feel easy. It's not always going to be easy. You're going to have to say, God, I'm turning this on right now. And this is not faking it. You're going to give me the strength to meet this. And so we got to earnestly, above all things, look, I don't, I'm excited for everything you're doing, but above everything else, keep loving one another. And then it says this, sincere love covers a multitude of sins. So I love this. So, so speaking truth in love, right? I'm not talking about those guys on the side of the corner. Like if you're a Dodgers fan, you're going to hell. If you're a Lakers fan, you're going, have you seen this? Some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. You've never seen that. You know, they have all these things, Dodgers fan, Lakers fan, Clippers fan. If you like uh, WD, WWE, if, if, if you've watched the Star Wars movie, if, if you have long hair, I'm out, you know, uh, you know, and you're a man. If, you know, I mean, people watch our YouTube and they're like, cut your hair. I'm like, this took a long time to grow. And who are you? My wife already tells me that. Why are you telling me that? Another one. You can't wear a hat in church. I'm just like, why is God only in church? It's reverence. 
Oh, so you can wear a hat on the beach where God is, but you can't wear a hat in church where God is? <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> we, 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 we speak the, whatever we think is the truth, but we miss love. Speaking the truth in love. Love covers a multitude of sins. It covers it because it wants to bring healing, not because it wants to conceal it forever. It's like a Band-Aid. If you leave a Band-Aid on too long, the, the wound goes bad. You ever done that? You're like, I'm not going to look. I'm just, I don't like to take it off. I don't want to rip it off. And then you look under, you're like, oh my God, I left it on too long. What does your mom tell you? Take it off at night. Let the wind, let the air heal it when you're not going around and going crazy. So look, the, the covering is, 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 is we're covering people in the daylight and then taking it off in the midnight so they can begin to heal. So the Holy Spirit can blow into their life. We, we, it's okay that, that, that you're still wearing that Band-Aid, but hey, that's not who you are. Come on, we're going to take that off. We need to see that heal. Come on, I know, I know you're having emotional breakdowns every other day. And hey, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to look out for you. If people are talking bad about you, I'm going to shut them down. But hey, come on. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Come on, let's, let's work through that. Come on. We, the Bible says, do not be anxious. You know, so, so hey, you're anxious right now. I'm not telling everybody you're anxious and I'm not putting you on blessing for everybody. But hey, we need to pray through this. Hey, we need to give this to God. Hey, what's that fear? No, not another 10 pills for that. We have a couple of pills. They're called the gospels. And we're going to put them inside of us and we're going to heal from this and we're going to move through this. Amen. 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 Okay, good. So love covers a multitude of sins. I love this. I love this. First um, Corinthians 13, 1. If I speak in, in tongues... That might freak some of me out. If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong, gong, or a clanging cymbal. We, we, no, I'm not going to do it. But look at this. We put shields up just to protect you from the cymbals. But yet in life, we're like, hello! If, 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 I, if, I, if I have... Speaking tongues, men and angels. Wow, there's a tongue of men, there's a tongue of angels. But I have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. If I have prophetic, I love this, prophetic powers. That's pretty awesome. Prophetic powers. What does that look like? What does prophetic powers mean? That sounds awesome. That's like superheroes or something. Prophetic powers. It simply means to prophesy, to speak into existence things that aren't before they are. God's going to give this church a building. It's going to be this size. It's going to be this high. It's going to be at this address. You ever met someone like that? Not yet? Well, praise God. (laughs) The prophets will arrive. If you have prophetic powers and you understand all mysteries. Wow, that's that's a pretty big deal. All mysteries. Not some mysteries. All mysteries. And have all knowledge. Not some knowledge. All knowledge. And if you have all faith. Wow, that's a lot of faith. (laughs) So as to remove mountains. Faith is so big that it can move mountains. Let's say it like this. Faith that can move cancer out of the room. Faith that can open blind eyes. You have all this stuff. And then the next verse. But have not love? I'm nothing. I could have all this. And I come to the, the weight scales of heaven... And I go, God, how much is that weigh? And he goes, let me check. Prophetic powers. Ability to move mountains. Where's your love? I don't have any. It's worth nothing. 
It's got to be worth something. It's got it's to be worth 10%, 20%. It's gotta, I tried. These are, these are pretty incredible gifts. People are enamored by these gifts. I've read books to steward these gifts. I've listened to tapes. I've gone to conferences just to get these better. But, but you didn't love. But that's just an extra, right? I mean, you're loving. I don't need to be loving. No, so, so it equals zero. See, the scale equals zero. I have not love. I'm nothing. Not 10%, not 90%, not 75%. You're nothing. <laughs> Excuse me. If I give all I have, if I deliver up my, I mean, I mean, who in this room has given all they have? I mean, not one person can say yes. Like, I've given my house, my car, my family. I mean, Job could have said that. He lost everything, gave everything, given all I have. And then he said, if I would delivered up my body to be burned, the, the, when he's writing this, he's talking about the martyrs, the people that, that while they were burned alive, they cried out Jesus. They didn't curse him. They, while they were crucified, upside down, many, of the, many in their time would be hung in the garden of the emperor and burned at night. They were called the flames in the garden, but they didn't cry, give up, quit. I hate God. They cried out, Jesus is Lord. They were fed to lions in, in, in arenas. And, 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 and Paul writes this and he says, even if you've been burned at the stake for God, but have not love, you gain nothing. That's, I mean, I would say, give them something, God. I feel like God would maybe break that rule. Nope. You know, we think of this, this clanging symbol or a gong. We think, when we think of that, we think, well, what he's trying to say by that is, is if you don't have love, you're annoying and hard to listen to. And that, that could be one way. But we got to understand this, this Bible was, was not written in our time, so they didn't have drums. They didn't have gongs like that. We got to understand that when he's writing this, he's talking about the priest. And the priests, when they would go into the Holy of Holies, the presence of God, they would go in there once a year. And it was so holy of a place, of an environment, that for days and weeks, they would fast and pray and they would cleanse their mind. They would, if, they were, if they were married or they had a family, they wouldn't go sleep in their house. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have any contact with it because they didn't want any sin in their life. Because if they went in the presence of God, now this is pre-Jesus, without that covering and, and without perfection, then instantly the holiness of God would kill the sin in their life. And so what they would do, because if someone went in there and they died, how you get them out? Because if the priest died, how am I going in there? And so what they would do is they would tie a rope to their leg and they would, they would put prayers or incense under the door and they would slowly go in. And when they went in, they would drag this rope with symbols on it. And as they went in to minister before the Lord, as long as, as they still heard the symbols moving, then the person was still alive. But if they heard the symbols clang, then they died. You know, what, you know what Paul's saying from this? He's saying, if you don't have love, you're dead. If you don't have love, look, love is everything. If you don't have love, it's not like you're annoying. No, no, the heaven's not looking to let you know, hey, you're really annoying to me. Like heaven is saying, if you don't have love, you are dead. In fact, the Bible even says, if you can't love your brother, how can you say you love God? 
Look, we have, to, we have to find a way to make a choice that if we have Christ living inside of us, if we've been covered in love, we will love. We have no other choice than to love. And we are not going to be dead people ministering. Amen. Amen. First John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. Wow. Second Timothy 1, 7. God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God actually gives you the love that he's calling you to use. We can only love because he first loved us. The Bible says, in fact, the, the first and greatest of all the commandments. They used to have these books of commandments, and they would try to live them out. Don't do this on Sunday. Don't walk here through a field. And they had all these things that they would try to live out to be righteous. In fact, today, to this day, the Jews in this city, they have a lot of rules still that they live by. In fact, if you see a Jew on Sunday, you will see him walking. Why? Because for them, in their religion, it's not okay to drive a car because that is work. And so the, all the synagogues are close to where they live. They are still living under that law. And God comes in and says, let me tell you this. Here's how, he, I, I didn't come here to do away with the law. I came here to fulfill the law. And the greatest laws that I want to give you are number one, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And number two, love others as you love yourself. God says, I want to wrap up all the rules you've been living out your whole life with two rules. Number one, love me with everything you got. Come on, all in. God, I give you everything I have. Number two, love others as you love yourself. See, our problem is not that we don't want to love others, but it's that we haven't done the first thing to love God with all, to give him all. Because when we give him all, we will realize how much we're loved. He doesn't just want all your good stuff, because I think that's our thing. We go, well, God, I don't want to give you this. I don't want to give you that. He's like, oh, that's cool. You, you know, I, I want that. But I want your pain. I want your frustrations. I want your anger. I, I, want, I want the dirty thoughts. I want all the, the horrible stuff you do. I want you to put it all at my car. I already know you did it, but I want you to give it all. When you give God all, when you, when you really are in love, when you, when you get married and you say your vows, when you share life with a wife or a husband, you give them not some, you give them all. You, you say, I'm not just giving the good stuff. You're going to get it all. God says, first of all, the first thing you need to do is stop living off of rules and let one rule rule your heart. You're going to love me with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your spirit. You're going to give me all your fears, all your anxiety, all your depression. You're going to give it all to me. And when you do, you will find out he is a good father, a loving father, a caring father. He's not going to be mad at you. He's not going to beat you up. He's going to cover a multitude of sins. He's going to bring people in your life to help you grow, to help you mature, to help heal you. And he's going to do the same. And then the second thing begins to happen. You start loving you. If God loves me, why shouldn't I love me? See, many people never get this piece because they never catch that God loves you. And when you get in God's presence, you start realizing, wow, you're amazing. Wow, you're awesome. Wow, you're loving. And you realize how incredible of an artist God is. See, many people look at their self and they hate on their self. It's, it's, in their, it's in their DNA. I mean, even my son, just six years old, he'll say, I don't like me. I don't know where that came from, except for the devil. <laughs> right? And I'll say, no, come on, brave. We're going to speak nice words over brave. 
We're going to say nice. We're going to, we're going to say, I love brave. I don't want to. Well, we're going to, we're going to sit in this car until you say it. Because, because you didn't make you brave. What do you mean, Dad? God made you. And so if God made you brave, how do you think he feels about you hating on what he made? Okay, Dad, I like me. Okay? I know you don't mean it yet, but this is a good start. We're going to keep, we're going to practice that. We're going to practice saying, as many times as you hate it on yourself, we're going to practice saying, I am amazing. I am called. I am chosen. Why? Because every time you put down the art, you don't just put down the art. You also put down the artist. And if he painted you, what right do you have questioning what he painted? Maybe he put blacks in and, and, and dark colors and, and maybe you look like a storm, but he painted you a perfect storm. Maybe you don't have the same colors that someone else has over there. and You want what they have. God says, no, don't worry about what they have. I painted you. And if I painted you, I called you, I chose you, I made you unique. Those things aren't your identity, but these things are. Come on, I can honor this. We can work with this. And, and all of a sudden, when you start realizing how much God loves you, you start finding a way to love you. Then you can love others. See, all of us are trying to just love others. No, it doesn't start there. It starts with letting God love you. Then once you let God love you, you can love you. Which, let me say this, this is a daily thing. <laughs> this is not like once a year, I'm going to let God love me, and then I'm going to love me, and I'm going to love others. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to do the other two, because those take a lot of work, so I'm just going to love others. And we get real busy just loving others, and we forget. And here's what happens, we get burned out because we're not burning in. We get burned out loving others, but it really didn't have to do with others. Somewhere along the line, we stopped connecting with God. And because we stopped connecting with God, we stopped loving us. And if you don't love you, you cannot love others. Everyone in your life, you will curse. Because if you don't love you, you always feel behind. You always feel like someone's looking. But, and you say, man, I can't, I can't have friends like that. I gotta have every, everyone's got to be lower than me. Because if they get higher than me, then I feel like a failure, like a left out. And God says, no, if you get with me, you realize you're in a solo race. There is no one else in this race but you. And love will always find the one. Love will always find the one. Love is, you, you, cannot, you cannot love a crowd like you can love a person. It's kind of weird to fall in love with a crowd or a stage or a business. You can say you love the emotional feeling of those things, but the power comes when you choose to love the one. Jesus reveals this to us over and over again when he continued to love the one. Every, every story in the gospel, it's just like Jesus was so busy. And if you're going to love the one, you, you got to be ready. If you're really going to be a person where love becomes your action, it can't just be at the outreach's fearless plans. You know what I'm saying? It has to become a part of your being. That's just another thing that I do. I'm excited for those outreach. I'm excited for the 12 days of Christmas. But I don't have to wait to, for Christmas every year to, to exercise this power that God has given me. I can do it when I'm walking down the hall and see my neighbor. I can do it at the, when I'm with the barista and I don't just bypass them. I actually go, how's your day? And I actually am actually asking that on, for real. I'm not just like saying it because it's a nice thing to do. I, 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 can, I can do it when I begin to allow God to interrupt my schedule for the one. Okay. I know we're busy. 
I know life's going crazy. I know you got to make ends meet. But God is looking for that person who has opened their life and said, God, you'll give me grace. You'll give me mercy to get it all done. My list will happen. Please interrupt my day. Please interrupt my moments. Please interrupt my afternoons. And God will begin to send broken people near you that need love. They need his love. They don't need one more gig. They don't need one more person saying you're awesome. They need something that goes beyond this world. And God will begin to give you opportunities. He'll begin to give you crazy opportunities. They're not just the homeless. They're also the wealthy. God will begin to give you crazy opportunities with people that are very, very broken. He'll begin to give you dreams, visions, all those things that they have. He will give you those so you can help love the one. He will give you the ability to move mountains so you can help love the one. He will give you the ability to prophesy so you can... Look, the pro, it's not about the prophecy. The prophecy is a weapon to love the one. The, the, the mountain moving is a tool to love the one. God's basically saying you keep getting to heaven with the tools, but not with the merchandise. The merchandise is love. The power is love. I remember we were in, we were in Hollywood. We blocked off the street when I was in Bible college, and we had set up this whole outreach that we were going to do. And we did a drama. And at the end of the drama, I was going to come up and speak. And they had blocked off the street. They had zoned the whole thing. And, and, and uh, they had passed out 5,000 hot dogs, 5,000 sodas. And there was a crowd, probably of five or 6,000 people that had gathered. You know you can gather a lot of people with free food, especially in Hollywood. Everyone was there. People were getting three or four. People are, you know, jamming the music. Praise Jesus. I mean, they all, we all love Jesus now. And, you know, Jesus always gathered people with food. Whenever there was a Jesus party, multiply the fish. Multiply the loaves. There was food. It's okay to have food. And so they had the food out there. We had a whole drama. We had a whole illustration. Our whole goal was to give people the love of Jesus out in the wild. And so we were out there. I remember I was in college, and I thought, man, this is a crazy place, Hollywood. I would never want to live here. (laughs) You know God has a sense of humor. Don't tell God things like that. Because he will go, okay, you're perfect. We'll start a church right, right around the corner from here called Fearless. And so we're out there, we're doing our outreach. At the end of the, uh, the, the, end of the, the drama that we were doing, I came up there to take the mic, and I could just see it in people's eyes. This was going to be a moment. And God was about to touch people in a special way. And, and so I came up there, and I said a couple of words. My name is Jeremy, whatever. And about three seconds, four seconds in, the whole power shuts off. Like, you know that sound. And, and, and then there's nothing. And had sirens are going by. I mean, we, we were competing with things as it was. But now people are like, what? Say it louder. You know, half of the crowd's drunk. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if I'm going to get stoned to death up here. I don't know if the hot dogs were good enough. And people start laughing. Hey, your mic's off. I'm like, I know, you idiot. You can't hear me. Thank God. No, I didn't say that. That would have been me. <laughs> I started praying. I'm like, God. You need to turn this mic on. You need, to, you need to help this poor sound guy. And I mean, our team starts praying. I see people just instantly go to war. They're starting to pray. Some old lady that was there, she got out her anointing on. She started anointing the speakers. I'm like, what is this lady doing? That's electronics, ma'am. <laughs> Lay hands on the sick, not the speakers. Praise God. It's just, and, and nothing happens. And 30 minutes go by. 40 minutes go by. An hour goes by. I mean, there's like maybe 50 people left. I think it's most of the volunteer team. And I sat on the edge of the stage and I said, God, are you kidding me? 
Like, like I know you're busy and stuff, but like at least keep the sound on. I mean, we prayed, we, we fasted, we did everything we were supposed to do. And I was, and you know, in those moments you're trying to go back through, did I sin? Did I take some thought? Is there sin in the camp? You know, you, you, I mean, you, like, did we not fast enough? And I sat on the edge of the stage and I just said, God, you know what? You're not talking to me. And I don't want a hot dog. They look nasty. I saw McDonald's, the Golden Arches, and I said, I'll, I would love McDonald's right now. So I, I walked over, forget it. And I got a Big Mac, large fry, and a Coke. And, and as I was coming into McDonald's, I accidentally tripped on something that I thought was just a blanket on the street. What was a guy? And this guy pops out of the blanket. He's like, the name's Cardboard. I think it was like half drunk or crazy or something. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> hey. And I just walked around him. And so when I came back out, I kind of walked further away from cardboard. And as I was walking, I felt like I heard the Lord say, go give cardboard your large Coke, your Big Mac, and your fries. I'm like, God, no way. I said, Satan, get behind me in the name of Jesus. That was not from the Lord. <laughs> I totally did. I'm like, there's no way. I'm trying to talk myself. There's no way. There's no way that's you. Are you kidding me? First of all, you don't turn on the sound. Now you want me to give away my Big Mac? And so, you know, as you know, when the Lord speaks, you can't shake it. And I'm walking further away. I feel like if I eat this burger, I'm going to go to hell tonight. It's just going to happen. The street's going to open up. And so I just felt like, all right, Lord, you know, someone's that conviction of the Lord. Not that I really would go to hell, but I'm just saying I felt that. Like, I got to give this burger to this guy. And so I walk up. I mean, the guy's asleep. I'm embarrassed. I don't want him to, I mean, he might freak out. I don't know what he's, and so I wake, you know, I'm from Galt, California, great American little town. I, I'm, I haven't seen too many homeless people. And I'm like, this guy's drunk. He might have a dog. I don't know. And so I wake him up and he gets out and I, and he's kind of groggy, and I say, hey, man, I got you a Big Mac, large fry, and a Diet Coke. I just gave it to him, and I started to walk away, and as I'm walking away, I hear this person, like, sobbing. I turn around, and it's cardboard. I'm thinking, do you not like McDonald's? <laughs> and I realize that something has just happened in his life. So I go up, bro, what's, what's going on? Like, just a Big Mac. It's just like weeping uncontrollably. Finally, a couple minutes later, I get him to talk to me. I said, what happened, man? He said, you don't understand. And he goes, wait, you're that guy. I'm like, I'm not that guy. I don't think I'm that guy. <laughs> he says, you're that guy. I said, what guy? He goes, you were on stage. I said, oh, yeah. Hey, that was me. He goes, no, you don't understand. I said, yeah, the power went off. He goes, no, I don't think it did. I said, no, yeah, it did. And he goes, no, I think I did that. I said, you did that. I said, tell me about it. He said, well, I, I used to go to that church that does that thing every year. I lost my job and couldn't pay the bills, and so I ended up out here with my family. I built a house out of what was in the back of McDonald's, and the locals named me Cardboard. 
probably one of the first families on the street out here. Been there ever since. My kids got taken away. My wife left. He said, today when they came out, I, I was angry. So I got drunk. I looked up to heaven. I said, God, you're not real. These people aren't real. They don't love. He said, then I heard this voice that said, God's not real. He never was. So cardboard, why don't you climb to the top of that building and jump? So he said, I climbed to the top and I was waiting till you came out to speak. He said, I was on the edge and you grabbed the mic. He said, as I was about to leap, I heard a, another voice that said, cardboard, Samuel, ask me for anything. So I went back in. I said, okay, either I'm crazy or that was you, God. If you're real, I need you to prove it to me. So you know what? I want that guy to bring me a Big Mac, a large fry, and a Diet Coke. I don't want a hot dog, nor a Sunny Select soda. I'm going to wait under my blanket right over there. And he said, I came over here and went to sleep. And then you came by and kicked me, and I didn't know what happened. I thought, okay, that was weird. And then here you are. See, I found something out that day. That God doesn't give a rip about the crowd. I thought he did. We gathered 5,000 hot dogs. That was a lot of work. We cooked all those 5,000 hot dogs, de-thawed them. We blocked off the street for 5,000 people to encounter the gospel. That's what we want in the video. That's what we want on the Instagram. Wow, 5,000 souls came into the kingdom. But God's like, that's cool. But I see a little guy down there named Samuel, and he needs my love. So I need you to get 5,000 hot dogs. I need you to get 200 volunteers. I need you to block off the streets in Hollywood. I need you to get a drama to think that whole drama that I gave, the person I gave it for wasn't even watching. God sees in a way that we do not see. And it's time we begin to ask God, give me your eyes. I want your eyes. I want to see the cardboards in my life. I want to love the unlovable. I want to meet people where they're at. I want to help people get up from where they're broken at. God, let me make love my action in deed and in truth. Come on. Would you stand to your feet? Come on, we're just going to lift our hands. And we're going to ask faith to rise in our hearts that we can love, that we can share this, this call to love our family, to love our city, to love our co-workers. Come on, faith, rise up. Thank you for listening. If you have something you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or to find more information about Fearless LA.